of the Side Project Podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, How is everybody doing, man? How is everybody doing? As you can see, uh, uh, it is just me here today, the Chazasaurus Rex. Oh, yes. Sometimes I'm an eagle, too. Sometimes. You never really know. Um, sometimes I like to... I, I, re- I really don't know what I identify as. Sometimes I'm, a, sometimes I'm a T-Rex, and other times I'm an eagle, and sometimes I feel like an iguana. I really, I really don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But it, uh, it is just me here today, the Chazasaurus Rex. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a good old time here today. Just you and I. And it, I know. It's okay. I know. Calm, calm down. I know. I'm getting really excited, too. I'm getting really excited, too. Um, it, it, I know. Hey, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And uh, there's really no need to thank me. As a matter of fact, I'll just, you know. So what can I say except you're welcome? Let's just get it out of the way now. You know what I mean? Let's just get it out of the way now. Um, uh, yeah. So today we're going to, before, okay, before we even start, I do want to say something. If anybody has noticed... There is a new side project shirt that I am wearing here. I'll go this way. Okay. It's not up. Well, I actually, I honestly don't even know what I'm doing. Okay. Things are all over the place right now. And uh, we'll get, we'll get to that later in the episode. But just if you noticed it, it is a, a Project Lodian shirt here. Okay. It's a retro thing that we got going on that I'm doing here. And it's a, uh, Obviously, Nickelodeon, the old school Nickelodeon, 90s Nickelodeon uh, retro theme for side project. Uh, it's not available on the store, but then again, by the time this episode comes out, it might be. You never really know. I got the uh, summer sale going on and all the sweaters and everything right now on the merch store. Side project, Ragas merch. And um, you can get all those right now. They're on sale. Could maybe still be on sale by the time this episode comes out. May not. Who knows? <laughs> You never really know what's going on these days. But this shirt may or may not be available. Check the Side Project store now, and it could be there, uh, along with a lot of other things. Oh, yeah. I know some of you are probably looking at this like, oh, fucking, hey, cool, a fucking solo episode with Chazzy, and other people might just be like, oh, Oh, shit, here we go again. And that's right. Um, What we're doing today, what we're doing today, what we're doing today is we are doing a top 10, doing something a little bit different. Okay, doing something a little bit different. I want you guys to play along with me, even though it's not really a game. I want you guys to list along with me. We are doing top 10 favorite games. And they're my top 10 favorite games, okay? They're not your top 10. They're not the guy across the street. Calvin! I I thought I was going to be involved in this one. I'm sorry, it's just mine. Uh, It's really disappointing. I know. It's just like, because I had a really good list planned out. But today... We're just going to do my list. Maybe you can reconsider. You can head over onto YouTube.com slash Side Project Podcast today, and you can write your comments and your list. Not the same as being on. But today is mine. I canceled golf for this. All right. Okay, all right, then. Thanks for tuning in. We're doing my top 10 favorite games here today. 
And uh, if you're a regular tuner inner of the show, regular viewer of the show, regular projector of the show, and yes, I did say tuner inner. I did. Oh, shit. Here we go again. That's right. Um, you know that I'm a very indecisive kind of person with uh, most things, especially when it comes to top 10 lists or even top three. Sometimes I have trouble with things. Um, I tend to switch things up a lot. But I mean, who doesn't switch their lists up every now and then? You know what I'm Number 10. Mortal Kombat changed fighting games for me, dude. It really changed fighting games for me, being that I was only four years old when the first Mortal Kombat came out. <laughs> so, like, I don't know how much it really could have changed at four. What was I doing at four? What are you doing at four? You know what I mean? Obviously, I was playing games, but like, what are you doing at four where you're like, this is fucking, like, what was I, this is revolutionary, mama. Like, what was I doing? Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like, what, what was I doing at four? I don't know. But anyway, one of my first memories of playing games in an arcade was with Mortal Kombat. One of the first, not the first. There's also Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Galaga, Super Mario Bros, the first one. But Mortal Kombat was one of my first. It was definitely, uh, I don't know if I played Street Fighter. What did I play first? Did I play Street Fighter first? Or did I play Mortal Kombat first? I think I played Street Fighter first. And then Mortal Kombat just like blew me away. Was like, oh, oh my God. I was like, the blood the gore the brutality it had me so intrigued and not for like any like weird reasons like oh my god it's bloody not like that it was just like it was it was just awesome to see like the more realistic thing at four years old um when i finally owned a mortal kombat game i owned it on genesis and i remember playing them on nintendo at a friend's house and at first being slightly confused at noticing the differences the differences between the gameplay on on the two consoles on Sega and Nintendo because if you guys don't know Nintendo didn't allow as much violence if any at all when it came to like blood and gore on their consoles which also in uh the early 90s Mortal Kombat wasn't was one of the leading reasons that we have a rating system today uh the ESRB for those that don't know uh, there was this whole like US Senate war battle against video games basically against like uh, 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 I was gonna say crime against crime the crime on video games um, against video games and like blood and war and how like uh, gory they were and blood and war what's going on can I speak today suck but uh, Mortal Kombat was absolutely awesome dude and I, I loved it I mean it, it, gave, it gave me some of my favorite video game characters of all time uh, Scorpion uh, Smoke later in the, in the franchise Ermac um obviously sub-zero's up there too noob was one of my favorite of is still one of my favorites of all time i mean we got this like look got the um scorpion and sub-zero book holder situation thing statue thing that came from amic cosplay on uh on instagram everybody go follow amic cosplay <laughs> on instagram um Mortal Kombat was one of my favorite fighting games, you guys. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what else to say. It's an absolutely amazing game, and I'm really tired of Mortal Kombat 11, though. <laughs> like, I really think that uh, we need a Mortal Kombat 12, which I think that is actually coming. I wish I had more. I, I'm sorry. The fucking headphone cord is really bugging me. Um, I wish I. I wish I had some stuff in front of me about Mortal Kombat 12 because it turns out with all the stuff that's going on with like WB right now, all the all the hierarchy and the switch up, and they got bought out by Discovery and all all kinds of different things and WB Games, everything's under the umbrella and nobody really knows what's going on. But 
I believe that um, right now, the way that the uh, that Nether Realm does their games, the way that they go, they transition from game to game in order with the timeline of of creation is development is. Um, it's like a Mortal Kombat game, then an Injustice game, a Mortal Kombat game, then an Injustice game, and et cetera, et cetera. So technically, we should be getting a new Injustice game. But according to some reports recently, some of some of the reports are saying, uh, what the fuck are they saying? Uh, my mind is working faster than my mouth can today. Hit it! Um, with some of the stuff going on at WB right now, they don't know what they're going to do. So Injustice 3 is... Uh, currently on hold from the reports that have been coming out and what's happening is that they're going to be working on mortal Kombat 12 i really do want an injustice 3 but i kind of want a mortal Kombat 12 more because i'm excited to see what comes next um and i'm just hoping that some characters that weren't in mortal Kombat 11 will be in Mortal Kombat 12. Uh, just personally speaking, I would love to have Smoke back and Ermac back. Um, but anyway, I chose Mortal Kombat as my number 10 for favorite games, and I cheated the system a little bit because I did not choose an exact game. <laughs> I chose an entire franchise. Number 9. This is my top 2 favorite Mario games of all time. When I got my hands on Mario 3, I felt like it changed what I thought gaming was. And I'm probably going to say things that are similar to that a lot because these games did, though. They changed the way I, I thought about gaming, all the ones that are in my list. That's kind of why they're in my list. We had platforming games. We had Mario games prior. But the last installment of a Mario franchise was Super Mario Bros. 2, before 3, obviously, which we all know was a reskin of the game Doki Doki Panic. But at that point... It was like a stray away from the original, like the what was originally the norm for a Mario game, even though we only had like one game before it, which was Super Mario Bros. And there was Super Mario 2. But like the format and the gameplay of Mario 2 uh, was so different from the original Mario and that it now obviously it makes it unique. Mario Bros. 2 is unique. But at the time, I think I connected more to the OG style gameplay that they brought back and improved upon when it came to Mario 3. Uh, they introduced the map concept for this installment. Um, this game popularized the, popularized the term overworld. Each map had distinct visual themes and where like awesome music played throughout each map and it was different music on each map. This, game's, this game was the first foray into introducing levels that were giant themed, um, enemies twice the normal size, new and more power-ups were included in this game and introduced in this game such as like the Super Leaf, the Tanuki suit, the Frog suit, which I don't believe we ever saw again. And it's like, wh why? Like why why didn't we why didn't we see that again? I, I don't understand that. The frog suit was so cool. I mean, I know they had like the penguin suit later in the in the new Super Mario Bros. franchise, and I gotta admit the penguin suit is pretty cool though. I do like the penguin suit. I mean, you guys let me know. What do you think? Is the penguin suit superior to the frog suit? I think Nintendo was like, they gave us the frog suit in one game. And we were like, can we have it again? And they're like, nope, you got it on one game. And so what can I say except you're welcome? 
And then they were just like, fuck it, you're not getting it again. Um, you also had the, uh, we even got like a hammer suit taking on the appearance of the hammer bros. And uh, when it comes to Mario, I mean, I, I can go on and on all day. But we got more things to get to. Number eight. This game blew my mind. The polygons, the graphics, the gameplay, the storyline, the music. I felt like I was in Hyrule. I felt like I was genuinely on my way to Hyrule Field, stuck, accidentally talking to that owl over and over because you pressed the wrong button every time he asked you if you needed to hear it again. When he said that you needed to hear it again, you were like, no, I don't need to hear it again, but you pressed that you needed to hear it again, and you sat there going, what is life? What is it? I just want to play the game! Okay. This was the first step away from what Zelda was known for, man. As far as, like, graphically and somewhat, like, gameplay style. Uh, but it definitely was the first Zelda with 3D graphics. And I think that uh, that's what helped pull me in to Zelda. Because I wasn't really, like, the biggest fan of the, uh, like, the NES one and the Super NES one and stuff. I didn't get into Zelda until later. It wasn't until Ocarina of Time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I played the other Zeldas. But I wasn't, like, really, like... I, I didn't dive into them like I did uh, with every Zelda game after Ocarina of Time. Um, and it wasn't until Ocarina of Time that I went back and I played the other Zelda games because it gave me like a newfound love for it, you know? But I guess it was just kind of like seeing these characters that much more fleshed out, the storylines that much more fleshed out, the detail, the music. Oh, don't even get me started on the music, okay? You guys know that I love video game music, so don't even get me started on the video game music, which I mean, the game itself was clearly heavily centered around music, the Ocarina of Time. I mean, being that you you had the Ocarina or Ocarina, some people pronounce it Ocarina, when you play, uh, you had to play musical melodies and notes to make things happen or certain events occur, which was, I think, an amazing, amazing uh, uh, gameplay feature. This game was was one of the first games that I connected to on a completely different level and just played for hours on hours on hours on end. And I really do think that the inclusion of like the music and the way that the music was in in this in in Zelda, this Zelda was just um it it played a big part on what engulfed me because just personally speaking, like I'm a huge fan of like music and music really speaks to me in a different way and it hits me in a different way. And just the music in Zelda just as a whole is is just is so beautiful, man. Uh, I mean, this game had the hook shot. Oh, God, the hook shot. The different obtainable tunics. Kakariko Village attacking the chickens. Because you know if you attack the chickens, you're fucked. <laughs> Jumping off the Zora waterfall, dude. Having Navi there. Hey, listen. Breaking every pot in sight. Hey, if I was If I was Link... That's, that's probably how I break pots. Which, like, what is that? He just walks in people's houses and he's like, hey, fuck this pot. Number seven. Spoke about Sonic the Hedgehog 3 a couple times, I believe, a few episodes back in an episode called Sega Dreamcast with Cade of the Gaming Memories Pod. Shout out to him where we talked about just that Sega Dreamcast and everything about it. And oh God, Sega Dreamcast was so amazing. You know what I mean? I mentioned in that episode that Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was one of my favorite games and it very much so is. Uh, Sonic was another game that I was first introduced to growing up, and it holds a special place in my heart. 
And though I never quite chose a side, holding both close to my gaming heart, I lived through the console wars of the 90s. So it was Nintendo versus Sega. It was Mario versus Sonic. It was Sega does what Nintendo don't. And they both had what they were great at, and Sega was great at Sonic. You can control Sonic, Sonic and Tails together, or just Tails alone in the main storyline of the gameplay, which also a second player can join at any time. At any time, by picking up a second controller and controlling Tails if you're playing as both of them. Which I always thought that was cool, and I always did that with my mom. Like, that kind of holds... I spoke about that in the Sega Dreamcast episode that we did. And um, I spoke about, like... Like, like Sonic 3 also holds a special place in my heart because it links back to a memory that I had of playing games with my mother. And, like, she would always do that. I'd be playing and stuff, and then she would jump in as, as Tails. And I just think that's, like, a cool feature that not too many games have anymore. But I guess things are, things are different now with the way that it's all set up. But this is also the introduction of the character Knuckles. And as a kid, I was like, ooh, like, what? Like, that's so cool. What the fuck is he? You know? And then somebody was like, he's an echidna. And I was like, oh! What's an echidna? We must protect the queen. Sonic 3 was developed at the same time as Sonic and Knuckles, the game, which obviously came out after. But because so, you were able to uh, take the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, plug it into your Sega Genesis, and then take the Sonic 3 cartridge, plug it on top of the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge. A lot of cartridges going on here. And it enabled you to play as Knuckles in Sonic 3. Whoa. Sonic 3 also introduced like this uh, two-player competitive mode where you could play as Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles and you race one another through five stages that do not appear in the main game. There, so there were stages specifically made for the competitive mode that you could only play in the competitive mode. And I just always thought that that was really cool, man. And you could also play these stages in a solo mode uh, with the time attack mode. And uh, I think that by far, this is this is one of the best Sonic games ever. What's your favorite Sonic game? Number six. You are the leader now. Unite the assassins. Insieme per la vittoria. Okay, I'm a giant Assassin's Creed fan, and I'm a little ashamed and disappointed in myself that I'm so behind right now on the Assassin's Creed games. Um, I'm almost done finish playing. Uh, Origins, and then I need to move on to Odyssey so I can move on to Valhalla. And I know they just released, uh, what they did, right? Was it was it Altair or an Ezio DLC for Valhalla? I'm trying not to have too many spoilers, but I did see something come out about either an Ezio or an Altair uh, DLC or some sort or something or other for Valhalla. And uh, I really need to stop messing around and make that happen. But the Ezio trilogy is a phenomenal storyline, man, that expands across, um, what is it, Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations. And, um, I mean, the, the Assassin's Creed games, they just blew me away in general, dude. The stories are so in-depth, they're so involved, so historically accurate on many levels. Not everything is exactly historically accurate, but a lot of things are. I mean, it's just like the assassins, the empires, the backstabbing, the lies, the hidden truths, corruptions, elite and power, politics, romance, family. I got family. 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 Look at our family now. The parkour, the hidden blade, the robes, the fighting styles. I loved it, man. I loved it, and I was mostly intrigued and engulfed by Ezio's story, his character, the way he carried himself. Not to mention, I just believe that um, AC during these times were quite possibly in uh, like, like like the peak. They were at the peak of, of their gameplay, the peak of their storytelling, the peak of everything, and like the multiplayer too. 
during this time I thought was like great. I know like the multiplayer in Assassin's Creed has a lot of like mixed reactions and shit, but I thought the multiplayer was a dope aspect. We don't have enough games that like have different kinds of multiplayer. Like we got a lot of shooter multiplayers, obviously. I mean, what else is there that's out there? You know what I mean? Besides like MMORPGs or like racing games and stuff. Um, but like different style, like uh, like fight. Fi- I don't know. Is it would it be fighting? I don't know what it would be. But Assassin's Creed was a very unique take on multiplayer games, dude. And I just feel like it. it I wish they would bring that back in some shape, way, or form. You know what I mean? I just, it was great. But anyway, speaking on Ezio, I want to quote something. Born into Italian nobility from Florence, Ezio follow his, follows his family heritage as an assassin. After most of his immediate kin are killed during the Pazzi conspiracy, his quest to track down those responsible for killing his family eventually sets him up against the villainous Templar order led by the House of Borgia. It's an amazing storyline, dude. Spoiler alert. At the end of the last uh, game, Revelations, there's a cutscene that is so beautifully done, man, where it showcases Altair from Assassin's Creed 1, old, weary, struggling to walk to sit down into a chair, holding the apple of Eden, and uh, the camera pans behind Altair and comes back to reveal that he is in fact dead in said chair with decades upon decades gone by and Ezio kneeling before his corpse, obtaining the apple of Eden for himself, and it was just a phenomenal story. Uh, f- phenomenal storytelling and cinematography for a game. I was touched. I cried just a little bit. But then I was like, nah, I'm too manly for this. Suck. But the Assassin's Creed games are amazing. And I feel like I learned so much more from the Assassin's Creed games than I actually learned in any history lesson at school. <laughs> hey, schools. <laughs> Fix your storytelling with history. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, let's break up the monotony and let's get into this week's Cosplay of the Week. And this week's Cosplay of the Week is none other than Crystal underscore Cosplay underscore and underscore Creations. Oh, God. And since we were talking about Assassin's Creed, I thought it was just way too fitting to not include an Assassin's Creed cosplay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm throwing it up on the screen right about now. And this is... Crystal Cosplay, and that's Crystal with a K, and it's K-R-I-S-T-A-L on Instagram. Crystal Cosplay and Creations, and she is doing Ezio. Ezio Auditore de Firenze. I love it, man. I love it. This is absolutely amazing and extremely accurate. You've got the hood there with the little uh, with the little with the little point, the little widow's peak on the hood. I don't know what you would call it, but that's what I'm calling it. Little little widow's peak. So if it was like a little miniature eagle, like a like a quantum realm eagle that would maybe fly by and and land right right there on on the on the crest of the the hood, and then dive off, fly into the. I'm done now. And it was it, it's amazing. It looks amazing, and you see the. The hood is up there, and it's like at the grayish, a little, a little bit of white. I don't know if that's the, uh, the way that sunlight, the shade, the way that it's looking, but it looks amazing as far as the color goes. I know it's um, some of them are a little bit more white, but it doesn't even matter because you can customize in the games. You can customize, so it doesn't even matter. But it's amazing. You got the uh, what are those things called? 
caller. There we go. You got the collar going this way with the red there. Super accurate. The white folding in and everything. I love the, I don't know what it's called. I always forget what those things are called in Assassin's Creed games. Does anybody know? The, um... Like the the shoulder the shoulder thing that hangs over like the leather shoulder thing that hangs over and it's got like the it's not like a cape it's like a um like a sash of some kind or some sort that that hangs over I mean it is kind of like a cape like a robe like a ah there's a word somebody's screaming at the screen right now telling me like this is what it is I can't figure it out I always forget I always I can't remember man but it's absolutely amazing I love it looks the leather is there looking great dude. The uh, one hand up against the wall with the glove on, love that. With the other hand down there with the hidden blade. I used to have a hidden blade. I used to have a replica hidden blade, man. I wonder what the hell happened to that? I used to love that thing, dude. I used to love that thing. They were so cool. I may have had that exact one that you have right now. I used to walk around places with it and be like, mm -hmm. oh. I used to get it in, dude. Love it. Absolutely awesome. You got the big Assassin's Creed logo with the belt on there. It's absolutely phenomenal. This is seriously absolutely phenomenal. I love this. It's perfect. It looks exactly like something that's straight out of the game. Uh, in my personal opinion, it's kind of better than the movie that they did too. How do you guys feel about the Assassin's Creed movie? I feel like they could have done better. You know what I mean? I feel like they could have done better. It's time for a reboot. Follow the storyline in the games instead of making your own storyline for it, in my personal opinion. And I think you got something golden. I really do. But anyway, it's not about the movie. It's about Crystal underscore cosplay underscore and underscore creations. Is, is, is. Ezio Auditore Assassin's Creed cosplay. It's absolutely dope. I love it. Go follow Crystal. And that's Crystal with a K. K-R-I-S-T-A-L. And everything you need to find is up on the screen. Crystal, let me know. Also, where did you get everything? Did you get it made? Did you do it yourself? Did you buy it from somebody? How'd you do it? How'd you get it done? I love it. Hit me up. I'm going to follow your journey from here on out. Follow everything that you do. And make sure you guys go check out her Instagram. She's got a bunch of amazing cosplays. A bunch of amazing other, other photos and group photos with other assassins and everything. It's absolutely dope. Crystal Cosplay and Creations. Your Cosplay of the Week. Assassin's Creed SEO is for me. Amazing. Yeah. Number five. The GTA franchise alone is another staple in gaming. Another game changer. Especially when it made its way away from the top-down perspective with GTA 3, setting a tone for every GTA game moving forward. Um, but I chose GTA 4... Because out of all the GTA games, I had the most fun and was most engulfed in the story of GTA 4. Nico, it's Roman. Let's go bowling. Playing as the immigrant Nico, he had so much depth, so much darkness, so much character. I also just like, I loved the, the darker um, like themes and tones overall with GTA 4. Even like the color palette had this like bluish, more saturated tone to it that I felt complemented the gameplay and the story like very well. They, they went very well together in my personal opinion. And I know there's like a lot of people that feel some way or another that it was like too dark, it was too saturated, there wasn't enough color, but I felt like, it, like I said, I felt like it really fit the story. I felt like it fit the theme. Like 
It just it just complemented everything. And then also GTA 4 was the first foray into multiplayer with Grand Theft Auto as well. And I played that nonstop, me and my brother Zane. I played that nonstop with him all the time. The way that they had like uh, the, the cops and robbers set up. You know, we're cops. It's pretty self-explanatory. One group of people were cops. One group of people were robbers, and you battle each other. Like I, I feel like they should have, they should bring that back, that exact type setting, but maybe do it differently in GTA Five Online or whatever. But I just and, and like the even just the like the free mode, the free roam or whatever they called it in GTA Four, like going to the airport. Who doesn't remember spending all of their time at the airport in GTA Four? Can you just visualize it? Can you picture it? Like go and all the things that you would do in the airport, and when you would go from one end of the airport all the way up, and then you'd off the uh, little ramp things, the little orange ramp things, right? And you what would it be like this, right? You go off the little orange ramps, you're like oh my god, ah, and you know, do stuff, and I would just like jump out of the car all the time and and roll along and stuff like that speaking of stuff like that i do believe that there are many aspects of gta 4 that are actually better than gta 5 um such as one of those things where i said i jumped out of the car when you jump out of the car in gta 4 i felt like the ragdoll physics are much better you flop around on the floor and it seems more realistic in comparison to gta 5 where you like you just kind of hop out and you just kind of skid across it. You're just like, uh, this is my life now. But you're not really like rolling and doing too much, in my opinion. The comparison. You're just kind of rolling, uh, like you're on an ice skating ring. Like you're like, oh my god, this is so fun. Look at Santa Claus. Cause it's like winter in December. But uh, and then GTA 4, sometimes when you uh say for example, um, what is it? Like when you fight someone and you knock them out, I believe. Don't quote me. I may be wrong on this, but if I can find it, I'll throw it up on the screen while I talk about it. I believe the ambulance will arrive when you knock somebody out and the medics will hop out, check the person and the person will get up and get into the back of the ambulance and then they will drive off indicating that they took them to the hospital, right? But in GTA 5, they just kneel down, check them out and then I believe the medics themselves just run away. They just run away. They're like, is he good? All right, fuck him and the ambulance. And they just leave. Where are you going? You left the ambulance. But um, if you crash into a wall with a car in GTA 4, the wall will take damage. In GTA 5, the wall doesn't take any damage. What's going on here? What are they, Wolverine? Or all the, wall, all the walls got adamantium in them? I don't understand what's going on here. Number four. Super Mario Odyssey takes everything Mario, in my opinion, compiles it into one big little thing, and then you take that and you roll it and you put it and you roll it in a big joint and you roll it up and take it and you light it on fire, you smoke it, and you've got yourself an amazing Mario game all in one. <laughs> takes aspects from previous 2D Mario games, from previous 3D Mario games. It even lets you play various stages in 2D format. It's momentary 2D gameplay within the 3D stages, but it's still awesome. It's a dope feature. Takes you back to the days of Super Mario 64. <laughs> takes you back to the days of Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> and I believe it also has some elements from Galaxy. <laughs> um, the inclusion of Cappy, though. Okay, when I first saw the trailer for Super Mario Odyssey back in the day, I was a little confused about Cappy. I was a little like, I don't know, I don't know about Cappy. Hat, he takes the hat, he's spinning the hat. What's going on with the hat? I just want to play as Mario. But Mario's hat 
is a living being that enables you to throw it and it will land on certain objects and enemies that would allow you to take control of said object and enemies. And I found that to be an absolute welcoming addition. You even get to control a giant T-Rex and you know how I feel about that. You have several outfits that you can choose from throughout the game, ranging from outfits specific to the game itself, as well as other Mario games, such as Luigi's overalls. I mean, other Mario uh, characters and games, such as Luigi's overalls, Wario, Waluigi, 64-bit Mario, and many, many more. The game is expansive, extremely well done. It's fun. It's beautiful. And the ending had this, like, spoiler alert, fireworks show style of an ending that just made me think about all the years that I've been playing Mario. And it made me cry a little bit. I shed a little bit of a tear, and it rolled down, and then I grabbed it like this, and then I licked it because I'm a freak. Uh, It's a top-notch Mario game for sure. I think the only thing that's missing is Bowser Jr. Let's head over to the Bowser Jr. cam and ask Bowser Jr. how you feeling about that, Bowser Jr.? You are one awesome motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, thank you, man. Number three. Twilight Princess is my all-time favorite Legend of Zelda game. And I'm still playing Breath of the Wild, but I got to tell you, as it's, it's fighting. Breath of the Wild and Twilight are fighting. Breath of the Wild is climbing the notches on the ladder, but Twilight for me still is my number one game. And I know that's crazy. I still haven't finished Breath of the Wild 100%. So maybe when I finish it more, I'll see how I feel. But I just love the dark themes of Twilight Princess, the Twilight Realm, the Twilight Enemies, the darker tone color palette in comparison to other games. Apparently, I got a thing for darker games here. Apparently, I love the darker themes in GTA 3, whereas a lot of people complained about it. I love the darker themes in The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, where there's a lot of people that complained about it. But there are a lot of people that agree with me. Am I right? Okay. The addition of Wolf Link, where Link is given the ability to turn into a wolf, wolf or maybe like the curse, rather, to turn into a wolf. But I thought that was like a cool addition. I actually, I, I dig that. Dig it. I dig it. I dig it. You get it? <laughs> you get the pun? <laughs> I dig it. Okay. The introduction to Midna, an imp-like character who we come to find out is actually a princess. Oh my God. Wow. She has a great story, a great storyline, and plays an integral part in the, in the, in the, entire, in the entire game. It's one of the best storylines in the series, I believe. Um, I do believe Twilight Princess might just also have the top two or three best Zelda music in the entire franchise. The Kakariko Village music is so beautiful to me that I don't know what to do right now. I was going to make a joke, but I don't have one because it's that amazing. It is dubbed as one of the greatest games of all time. And I could talk about why that is all day. But also, for me, Twilight Princess links to a time in my life where I didn't have much and I was going through some certain downfalls in life at that time and it served as a special moment in time for me that brought me absolute bliss. Number two. The year is 2006. It's October 4th. I'm at my grandmother's house preparing to watch the latest episode of South Park. The episode opens with a wide shot of what does not look like a South Park episode, but rather some kind of video game. Music playing in the background that would later become synonymous with said game for me. A dwarf walks up to the screen, walking by an inn of a land only known as Goldshire. And he says in Cartman's voice, Oh, dude, 
I just took the biggest crap. And that was my introduction to World of Warcraft. I had a friend that tried to get me into World of Warcraft for about a year, but I, I didn't listen. Uh, and it wasn't until that episode of South Park, where a large portion of the episode was actually rendered with in-game footage from WoW that I saw showcased right there. And I knew it was a game that I had to play. Wow was on my list because, yes, I obviously enjoy the game, but, and I mean, despite its ups and downs and the fact that I'm currently kind of taking a break from it, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. We won't talk about that. Um, it's a game that I have been playing since that very moment that I downloaded it. And I downloaded that game halfway through an episode on a commercial break. Extremely slow internet where it took way too long to download a game like World of Warcraft. Um, and it was my first introduction to the world of MMORPGs, and I have been quite literally hooked since 2006. It's such an absolutely gigantic, expansive world with thousands to millions of players at any given time. And back when I was like really, really dived in, uh, delved into that game, there was millions and millions of players when WoW was at its peak. Um, taking on dungeons in groups of five, raids in groups of 10, 20, or 40, playing with that many people for me was unfathomable, fathomable, fathomable, unfathomable. I was blown away, like for real. I, I was overwhelmed, but absolutely intrigued by the depth that this game held, just how massive the world was, the ability to go anywhere, anytime, never ending quests, always something to do, mounts, armor, an auction house. Then when I figured out what PVP battles were, battlegrounds, arenas, I was beyond hooked. It took over my life, literally. I didn't do anything for like a very long time. And WoW players know this. All the real MMORPG players out there, especially Warcraft, you guys know this, that if you let it, World of Warcraft will literally take over your life. It will literally take over your life. And World of Warcraft is a game that quite literally changed my life and changed gaming for me forever. And it's also the sole reason I officially got into PC gaming. Number one. I think Super Mario World took everything that was already great about Mario and just elevated it and took it to the next level. It set the tone for the franchise moving forward. And I think Super Mario World is where they found everything that works, then added more elements to it, and then gave us one of the best video games of all time down to a T. The gameplay, the characters, the graphics at the time, the colors, the music, and the all-around fun that can be had over and over and over with Super Mario World that you can probably have with almost every Mario game, but definitely Super Mario World. And it was the introduction of, and the only time that we've seen the cape power-up that I seriously think should make a comeback, and the game introduces Lossal, which infinitely made the game better at that very moment. Bowser Jr., what do you think? You are one awesome motherfucker. Oh, we're not even talking about me, man. That's crazy. Thank you. Oh, dude. That's so cool, man. 
But I don't know. I think Super Mario World is one of the best games, one of the best Mario games out there. What is your favorite Super Mario game? Because mine is definitely number one, Super Mario World. I want to know your guys' top 10 favorite games of all time. I know this was kind of a different episode, and uh, I'll explain why if there's anything that feels off in just a moment here, or if I'm a little off today, or whatever the case may be. I Obviously, you can kind of tell I am tired, and I won't run this on any longer. I'm also losing light. I'm shooting later in the day. Got a lot going on. I'm using natural light today. Didn't set up my lights, so I don't want to take the time to switch it up and change everything, so I'll, get, I'll let you guys get out of here in just a few, minute, but, few minutes, but I do want you guys to comment down below on YouTube, or anything that becomes a promo clip. Talk with me about anything that I said today about my top 10 favorite games of all time and the list and the things and the thousands that I said but go on YouTube and tell me your top 10 favorite games what are your top 10 favorite games I want to know I legitimately want to know I like seeing different people's lists and and different games people grew up and maybe reasons why those are their 10 and etc 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 it's amazing it's amazing and I love it but I do need to get serious with you guys for a minute um Juice is, I'm just going to come out and say it, uh, Juice is no longer a part of the Side Project podcast. Um, there comes a time in everybody's life where maybe they just realize that certain things are not for them, or maybe they just realize that they currently can't contribute what needs to be contributed or take the time to be a part of whatever that case may be. What, whatever whatever the situation is, I'm spitballing all of this, you guys. Whatever the situation may be, um, Juice is no longer a part of the podcast, and uh, I wish him the best in whatever it is that he decides to do. There's no bad bad blood in in the situation, but uh, our, our our passions and and our wants apparently just didn't line up for as long as that. Uh, I I would have ho- hoped that they did, but um, it is what it is. I absolutely love doing this. I absolutely love talking with you guys, shooting the shit with you guys, acting a fool with you guys. I've said it before on a couple different episodes that this podcast has really given me uh, an outlet to break out of my shell, to break out of, uh, for those that know me from the past, out of a stupid persona that I created for myself across social media that wasn't 100% accurate and 100% me. And, um, this this is the true me. This is the real me. Um, no, I may not be um, as crazy and and uh, psychotic and the Chazosaurus Rex twenty four seven. I am a pretty calm guy in my everyday life, but there is this side of me, and I absolutely love gaming uh, with, with all of my heart. Uh, I love watching movies, deciphering them, dissecting them, talking about them with people, and I've always loved cosplay and appreciated it. No, I don't do it myself, but um, I plan to at some point, but I I love talking about it. I love talking to people and just et cetera, et cetera, and I'm absolutely um, overwhelmed and humbled and thankful that everybody has accepted us as long as they did into their worlds. Um, accepted me and my craziness into your homes and into your ears um, and, and, and watching and tuning in all the things that you do. And with that being said, I'm going to continue doing this podcast. Um, sorry if things may have been a little off today. 
I'm a little off today. I'm also tired today. There's a lot that's been going on, a lot that I'm figuring out, uh, revamping a couple things that's happening with the podcast, revamping the merch that's going to be on the podcast, going to have several different designs. I'm going to be doing a retro line with like things like this that you're seeing right now, the, uh, the Nickelodeon side project logo, the retro design paying homage to Nickelodeon. I got a couple other things in the works as well. Um, I probably put it in editing, so this is post-editing Chaz probably did it. This is pre-editing Chaz, but uh, when I was doing the Chazosaurus Rex stuff, you may have seen a Chazosaurus Rex flash across the, the screen. Uh, there will be a Chazosaurus Rex shirt that comes out if anybody gives a shit, um, designed by my brother. Uh, some of these designs are going to be designed by my brother. Some are designed by myself, and uh, moving forward, some will be collaborations with a couple cosplayers and things like that. And uh, like I said, I'm going to continue moving this forward because I love this. I have an absolute passion for this. Uh, you guys have made me realize this did this did start as a side project, uh, kind of somewhat pun intended. Um, but as I started doing this and continue doing this and seeing the growth and seeing people give a shit and uh, people share the mutual uh, we have mutual, you guys feel the same way I feel about certain things and able to talk about that with people. I realize that I don't want that to end. And I really, I really like that. So I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to be doing this solo with some rotating guests. Already got some people that I have spoken to some people that are going to come and be a part of things, uh, possibly more often. You know how it is with scheduling. Some people may be virtual. Some people may be uh, here in person. I've got some really cool things in the works um, that I can't speak on yet just in case, but I got some really cool things in the works. I am creeping up on a hundred episodes. So something, hopefully, hopefully if I can make some certain things happen, hopefully some cool things are going to happen for the hundredth episode. And then a week after the hundredth episode is, um, the two year anniversary. And I have some cool plans for that. Shout out to a couple people who will currently will, who currently will rena remain nameless um, just in case certain things don't work out that are sending stuff in for those two episodes. Um, and I just think it's going to be a good time, man. So uh, bear with me during this transitional period where things are seemingly going to uh, possibly change. There will be changes definitely for sure. I also plan to switch up the background at some point in time and uh, – there's just going to be a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of changes over the next couple of weeks. You know, we got about eight nine weeks until the hundredth and the uh, two year anniversary. I believe that's what it is, like eight nine episodes or something. Or by the time this one comes out, maybe it's seven and eight. I don't know, but uh, it's it'll happen in October. Both of those things, and uh, and yeah, and I hope that you guys stick with me and my crazy shenanigans. Now that it's just me. Um, and I hope you guys still tune in, listen, and support, and 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 give a shit. You know, I just hope you guys give a shit. I hope I can put on a good show for you guys, and uh, and continue this because I I really love doing this. And I had talked about numerous times in the past, well, not numerous times, but maybe like three times in the past, if anybody even remembers or cares, about possibly doing a different podcast um, with a different theme, different topics, and different things. And I am working on something on the side as well that may come to fruition. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of, of, of fleshing out, but there may be another podcast that you can tune into that I will be a part of. It's not going to just be me. Um, it'll be a totally different thing that has nothing to do with gaming, uh, film, and cosplay. And I hope you guys give a shit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to kind of you know really make this a thing, uh, maybe really make the other thing a thing. 
And then um, I would love to, I just got a crazy personal schedule as well, really get back into gaming. I only did that a few times and the few times that I did it, everybody seemed to really enjoy it. And I think that's really cool of you guys. So if I can get back into gaming, um, I'm going to maybe start streaming again on Twitch or if not, maybe even just to help this channel uh, grow more. Maybe I'll start streaming here right on YouTube, right on the channel, right on side projects. So you don't got to go somewhere else for it. I'm not sure yet. I don't know. Again, in a totally transitional period that's been um, in my mind for a long time now. And uh, given the certain circumstances, uh, this is the perfect time to do so. So I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for rolling with me, for rolling with us, rolling with me and Juice, for with Juice and I, for the time that we did this together. And um, I don't know, man. Here's to, uh, here's to the next whatever this brings. You know what I mean? If you got a drink up... Uh, pour, pour it up, pour it up. If you got a drink up, hand, uh, put it up with me, and let's uh, let's cheers real quick, and we'll take a drink. And uh, wish Juice the best on whatever ventures that he decides to move forward with. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching, for liking, for commenting, for sharing, for doing all of those things as you do over on youtube.com slash side project podcast. When you go down, you hit that big red subscribe button, and he goes, oh, he's the Genosaurus Rex. <laughs> hit him with the eagle one time, too. Thank you for listening on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all those things you listen on when you rate and review and do all those things you do. I love it when you rate it on. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. If you're looking for me, you can find me at IG Hates Chazzy on Instagram. That is my personal. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not already, please follow Side Project Podcast on Instagram. I am currently Shadow Band. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, let's hit him with it again for not reaching and not growing. Thank you, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Bowser Jr., what do you think? You are one awesome motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate that. Hey, and I appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Let's all go get some suck. Uh -huh.